Welcome into The Harvest, where we're passionate about helping you live and share your faith in the everyday places of life. What does it take to move beyond our church buildings and our Sunday focus and truly begin to make disciples in The Harvest? On today's show, our team covers the second part of our conversation on five steps that will help you get started in The Harvest. If you missed part one, go back and check out last week's episode. Today we're talking about how to find your unique corner of the harvest, how to stay healthy in your walk with Jesus and your marriage, and why it's critical to establish a weekly rhythm if you're going to stay in the harvest for the long haul. Let us know what you think. Join the conversation in the comments on our Facebook page under this episode. Well, hey everybody, it's Abigail and I'm back with my awesome co-hosts. Hey Keith, hey Andrew, how's it going? Hey Abigail, good to see you. <laughs> yeah. I know this round is, two with the video camera. Uh, it's it's exciting. Um, I actually like had a little pause before because I usually like roll straight in from the gym. I like throw my child <laughs> in bed and I'm like take a nap and then I come and record this, and that's totally cool most of the time. But I did look in the mirror <laughs> and I was like, well, it's it's about normal. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're recording a podcast, it should not matter. But we are, we yeah, are, um, well, we're adding some yeah. new cool stuff maybe in the future. And you guys can just stay tuned for that where our, right. our, um, our mugs will be more visual. <laughs> mugs. I see, I see <laughs> the mug. <laughs> yeah. The goal here, uh, we won't talk about this too much because I don't know if we'll actually get this on YouTube, but we have started a YouTube channel and our goal ultimately is to have the podcast on YouTube as well. And so if you prefer listening to this on the drive, that's great. It's still going to be on iTunes and Stitcher, SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's not on SoundCloud. Oh, Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> but, okay. um, but if you're a YouTube fan, then it'll also be on YouTube. So we are diversifying. In a big way. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I was just holding our Into the Harvest mug for those of you that didn't get my mug joke because I was talking <laughs> about our faces, but also a mug. So it was a really great pun, but only for those that could see me. <laughs> anyway, True. sorry about that. Um, I actually have a little bit of a cold, and so I've got kind of a, a new raspy thing going on. And then mm-hmm. if I get excited, it gets squeaky and um, cracks sometimes. So that will be fun for everyone, I think. <laughs> a new yeah. a new dynamic to my voice. But how are you guys doing? <laughs> doing good. We are chugging along. I know we've been talking about our, our marathon training over the past few weeks. And I was thinking about this. When this podcast actually comes out, we will be two or three days out from the marathon itself. Oh, so we're recording a little bit guys. in advance. But... Um, Oh, yeah, so that is we're getting soon. we're getting close. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, um, I uh thanks to our listeners for the prayers and the concerns. We got an awesome email that was definitely Yeah, uh, thanks Lisa. Encouraging. <laughs> Lisa, you're awesome. Uh, <laughs> I know the PT and you is uh looking out for us, but I think we're going to get through this one and I promise afterwards I'll get back on my physical therapy for the leg. So Yeah. I was in communication with um uh, with our friend Lisa and she sent me an email. It was kind of late at night that I got it. 
and mm. she is a PT and she was worried about you, Keith. And then I became worried about you. And the mom in me was like, I cannot rest. Like, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight unless I make sure that Keith is aware of these problems. So immediately was forwarding it to everyone. So Lisa, your words of concern have have been heard. And I at yes. least appreciated them. Keith is, sure. is just ignoring them over there. And <laughs> <laughs> she gave me clearance at the end of the email. She said, did she? I feel did she? she did. She said, if these, if A, B and C are in line, <laughs> okay. then I feel okay. <laughs> okay, so okay. They are. And we'll go uh, so anyway, yeah, guys, we really love your feedback. We love when you, um, mm-hmm. you have comments for us, even if it's regarding our personal lives. We also really (laughs) appreciate that too. So thanks. Okay. So guys, we are getting into the second half of this little two-parter that we're doing on how to get started in the harvest. Last week, if you remember, we talked about um, kind of making those first steps by burning the brid- the ships, I almost said bridges, but that kind of works too. Burning the ships <laughs> and prayer. And then we're going to get into the final three tips that we have for you guys today. So let's just get started. Um, the first one is define your fishing spots. So can we kind of clarify what that means? Yeah, for sure. Um, so in in my mind, there are there are places where you have natural connections with people. Mm -hmm. So another way that I've described this as is, is finding your corner of the harvest because we talk about going into the harvest, which I just read this morning in Matthew's gospel where Jesus is doing this. First of all, he himself is in the harvest. He's traveling around from towns and villages. It said that he was teaching in their synagogues. He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom he was healing every disease and sickness. And that's the context in which he um, turns to his disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so then he sends them out into the harvest in Matthew chapter 10. But before sending them out, he himself defines their corner of the harvest, where he wants them to go. He's very specific about where they should go, where they shouldn't Mm go. And so that's the idea of defining your fishing spots. If you're going to go into the harvest, it's it's good to think through where has the Lord already placed you? What corner of the harvest are you already in? And so these tend to be relationships and connections that you already have. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about how you can do that. Yeah, I think um, for me uh, and our family where, you know, we are not full-time ministry where we have, you know, jobs out in the world. This is something (laughs) that was really exciting for us, I think, when we heard about this idea, um, because it really empowered us in ministry that it wasn't just for people that did it full time and were out there, you know, actively finding a mission field and then being in that mission field. It was really defining our own personal space um, that Mm -hmm. all of us have and that we all... um, really have been given a unique entry point for a group of people. Like every single one of us has a very unique and special to us. Nobody else has it. Um, This is our people. These are the people that because of who we are, where we live, the jobs we have, Mm -hmm. um, how many kids we have, how old they are, um, all those things 
put together, create our own personal little mission field, which is really cool. I really like that kind of to me, um, you know, because I like definition and I like a good to-do list. It's really helpful to have something laid out that clearly for me and mm-hmm. help me be maybe a little bit more intentional. And Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Because a lot of times when we think about missions, we think about something that's happening on the other side of the world. Like the word missions for many of us, we, we think overseas or we think in a foreign country. And it's good to have that that scope of vision, you know, Jesus, he had that scope. He wanted disciples to be made from all nations. And in Revelation, we see that there are going to be disciples from every tribe and language. But we also need to take ownership of the mission that God has given us specifically. And so there's some focus that needs to happen. So because if, if you only think of missions as something that's happening somewhere else in the world, it doesn't really leave you with anything to do except maybe to pray and to give. And for a lot of people over the, the, the centuries, the past two or 300 years, especially with the Protestant uh, missions movement, that's kind of how people have thought about missions is, well, I can pray, I can give, but others are going to go. And without saying anything negative about that, we also have a mission. There's a corner of the harvest that you're in and we need to identify where that is and then have ownership that I love the way you said it, Abigail, that there are people that we're connected to that we are the best positioned believers Mm -hmm. around to reach out to and, and connect with them. And so you may not feel like you're very well equipped, but the Lord has actually placed you in a unique way in a, a certain corner of the harvest. And so yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. I mean, even biblically speaking, we see that um, we see mm-hmm. um, Jesus entering into people's homes and then the whole family um, comes to know Christ and is saved. And we also know that in context, that means probably not necessarily all blood relations. Like that's like their servants. That's sure. if they were a well-to-do person, it meant like other people in the community that they were sort of responsible for. So it really does kind of go a lot further. And we see the biblical example of it, um, which is cool. Um, I think also it helps me to maybe be more intentional um, in the harvest on a day-to-day basis, not just on days that we have house church or days that we, mm-hmm. you know, are like doing churchy things or like, you know, mission-minded things. Um, because when you start to really lay out the people in your life, so um, if you want to do this and you haven't, um, you can just start by listing like all the people in your family. Um, that's your extended family, like your parents and your siblings and your cousins and your aunts and uncles and all those people. And then listing all the people that you work with. Um, and then all the people that you interact with. So for me as a stay at home mom, it's like soccer coaches and ballet teachers, and then all the ballet Mm -hmm. moms, and then all the ballet children, and then all the soccer parents, and then all the soccer children, and then um, my my kids' teachers, and mm-hmm. and then um, when my kids were kind of doing the same um, sort of exercise, you know, they were listing all their friends. But it was really cool because when my son was doing this kind of exercise, where he was listing off the people that he influenced, and he had um, kind of an insight into their lives, like he could share the gospel with them, um, he 
like without even any, you know, instruction for me, it was like, well, I also know that my friend so-and-so has a mom and a brother. And so he immediately recognized the fact that if he was able to influence his friend at school, then that could potentially reach the mom and the brother who are people that we may not know or ever meet. And so when you look at the harvest that way, it becomes a lot more possible for us to reach the world around us and our neighbors and our, and so on and so forth. So, <coughs> sorry. Oh man, the cold, the cold's Gosh, coming out. It's, coming it's out. happening. We can, we can edit that out, you know, but I don't know if we can. Maybe not. We, uh, we actually did a workshop not too long ago. Well, it was a long time ago. It's probably four or five years. And uh, oh, we looked up okay. definitions of missionaries. Like, what does it mean to mm-hmm. be a missionary? And the simplest definition we found that a missionary was someone who was sent on a mission. Somebody sent on a mission. So uh, that can be anybody, you know, we all got our mission from Jesus. So uh, I think back to to my guy, Philip, who was uh, walking along a road and and uh, he runs into this Egyptian eunuch who was already reading the scriptures. You know, he's reading Isaiah. And um, man, what a perfect opportunity for him to to interact with this guy. So he does it. And uh, this guy was right on the cusp of coming to Jesus. He just needed someone to teach him, you know. So uh, he was baptized on spot. And you look at Philip, and he had no official title. He wasn't labeled as the um, lead minister or the priest or anything like that. He was Philip. Who was uh, <laughs> happened to contact happened to come into contact with an Egyptian eunuch and he led him to the Lord. So I, I agree with what you guys said as far as you know bumping into everyday people and everyday places and um, being willing to share with them the things that the Lord has revealed to us. And um, yeah, God uses it. You see that God will use uh, normal circumstances to bring people into contact. And if we're faithful with the message, you will see people respond. So. I mean, can we really say that that was a normal circumstance with Philip? Yeah, like the whole yeah, <laughs> But that brings up a really good point, though, because we did talk uh-huh. about prayer last week. And we are like, just remember that as we go into this week, that yep. prayer is really the backbone of this. So we're praying For over sure. this idea of like finding our, our, our kind of, um, our fishing spot, so to speak. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that was what Philip was doing. He was in the spirit right. and the spirit told him to walk along that road. And so he yep. did. And so it wasn't, um, <laughs> maybe it's like he was just on his way to Gaza. Anyway. Yeah. It was normal. They had the same sandals. Come on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, okay. Well, I think this one's really important. Jesus himself, he had a very, defined group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus said that he was sent specifically to the lost sheep of Israel. Um, Jesus said that he did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus, he knew who his mission was, mm-hmm. who, where his corner of the harvest was. And it did it did a few things for him, but one is it, it brought that focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, if, if you're going to move into the harvest, one of the challenges that you face is that the boundaries are a little less known. Yeah. They are a little less defined. So if you're part of a traditional church, um, then sometimes you can just sort of, all your focus can go into being a part of that particular mm-hmm. church. And, and the bad side of that is that it can sort of turn off your sensitivity and the alertness that you have to some of the natural connections, True. like you mentioned, family, coworkers, neighbors, 
um, people that you're connected with through social activities like your kids' sports or maybe your own hobbies. So rather than starting where you're already connected, um, sometimes your, your focus can be distracted because, because you're already committed mm. to being part of something that isn't necessarily connected with your everyday life. So, so, so the challenge there is once you move outside of that traditional structure, it's a good challenge, mm. but you can almost become lost because all the fences that you're used to seeing are no longer there. Mm -hmm. mm. And so you have to stop thinking in terms of, of those fences and start thinking in terms of what are the natural connections that I already have and that how can I actually begin yeah. praying through those? Oh, I mean, we, I feel like we could go on and on about this. Um, to me, I usually see <clears throat> different problems for different types of people. Like for extroverts, there becomes a point where they come to you and they're physically exhausted and they're like totally tapped out because they had all those relationships and they're just like going hard on all these different people mm -hmm. and they're just done and so tired. And then you have to kind of talk about, you know, weeding that out and having a very clear sense of like who you should focus on and focusing on that and having priorities, all those things. Um, so if that's you, then just hear that for me. <laughs> you should, you know, find the most hungry and stick to them and make them the priority. But maybe for a more introverted person, it just feels too overwhelming. Like it's almost too hard to even make all those connections. Like when you heard me talking about soccer parents, like did you start to sweat and were you like, oh, no, I don't want to talk to them. Well, <laughs> I, I understand that too. <laughs> and that also requires prayer, which is really why we did talk about that so much last week. Because all these things, when covered with prayer and knowing that the Holy Spirit is behind us, really does speak to being able to even go out there and do it. Um, for one, it mm -hmm. kind of gives us clear guidance of like, I really do feel like I should talk to that person today at work. My husband, who is totally an introvert, he will often say that to me, like, hey, pray for me today because I feel like God's telling me to talk to so-and-so. And, -so. and mm -hmm. so um, that means he has already been praying about it and listening to the leading of the Lord. And then he's mm -hmm. going to go do it. And he wants prayer you know, to be able to make sure he does it because sometimes we all chicken out. So I think that's a great, um, just let's just all remember all of this is just covered in prayer. We talked about it last week, but we're still talking about <laughs> it this week. So, um, okay. Well, let's, let me, let me ask you this, Abby, as we kind of wrap up on this particular point about defining your corner of the harvest. Practically speaking, if someone's listening to this episode and they haven't done that, but they want to, what would you suggest that they do? Well, um, I, I think it does require sitting down and having a prayer time and just asking the Lord to um, bring to your mind the people in your life that he has put there. Um, and then just kind of have a little brainstorming session where you make a little list of all the people that God brings to mind. Um, and we kind of talked about those kind of groupings that are easy to go through in your mind if you need a little starting point. Um, so family, friends, acquaintances, coworkers, um, we do have, it's called an Oikos map, which I personally hate that name. It's, it's not a yogurt. <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's a Greek word for family and friends. 
Um, I love the name relationship map because that makes a lot more sense. We all know what I'm talking about when I say it. So um, that's actually what I was talking about with my son. We were making relationship maps, which is something that I think we're going to probably do at the beginning of every school year because I think it's a good way to just get my kids sort of practically seeing their own lives as a mission field as well. Um, So we will... And we've posted a picture of this on our Instagram of my kids at the table drawing their little relationship maps. Um, it's pretty cute. But if you're not following us on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing with your life. But if you're not, um, <laughs> then maybe we'll um, post a link to a video of how to, to actually make um, a map yourself. So if you're kind of a visual yeah. person, that might be helpful for you. If you're not a visual person, then just sit down and just, um, do a little list in your own mind. Um, just ask the Lord to help you if you get stuck. But I think by making that list, it helps kind of bring it in and focus it in mm-hmm. just a little bit. And then if it's a really long list, if you are an extrovert, <laughs> if you are an extrovert and you got a huge long list, then, then maybe start, thinking, okay, like who do I feel led to really pray for? Um, who do I really have never talked about spiritual things with? Maybe I could start a conversation with one of those people and just even see where they are on the spectrum of like caring. Um, and then sort of make a priority list from that. Um, and if you're an introvert and you have like two names on your list, that's fine too. Then you just pray over those two people and start there. So yeah, I think that's probably a good place to start. How, how often do you guys pray over that relationship map? Every day. Every day. Okay. Yes. Wow. So that's what I want people to understand is that the map is not just to put oh, yeah. names down. Oh, yeah. But it hmm. kind of does tie back to that last thing that we talked about in that's the previous right. episode, which is the foundation of prayer. In fact, I wonder if I can turn my computer around because my kids are like posted right behind me. Hold on a second. So if this ever does go out into the world, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Ah! I just see is. my, can you Let's see go. it? Oh, the map. There they are. Yeah. They're yep. my kids' maps. So that's pretty cool. My kids' maps live on the, uh, the wall of our dining room. Cause we're here for meals. <laughs> so, um, so they see them every day. Um, my husband and I both have ours, like mine's stuck in my Bible. And I think his is over mm-hmm. by his into the harvest coffee mug that sits by his Bible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. And if people want to know how to get one of those into the harvest coffee mugs, <laughs> we're just going hard on this today. Like, this, well, I feel like people are going to want one since we've talked I about know. it. I so know. Oh, this is all good advertising. We're really excellent. At this. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's um, let's move on because we've got two other really important things to talk about. So, the next kind of big thing when heading out into the harvest and getting started there is to make sure that you have a way and kind of your plan maybe is the best way to put it for staying healthy yourself and in your marriage and your relationship Mm. there. Um, I call it finding your watering hole because to me, you know, we're all needing like as much as we're going out in the harvest places, we also need to be watered. (laughs) We also Mm. need to be fed ourselves spiritually. And so it's finding that place that we're going to get fed. So, Um, This is, it can be a really hard one. If you have taken that step to, you know, leave your, your typical church setting, um, which is already feels very, you know, vulnerable. (laughs) Um, And now how are you going to get fed? So this is a good one to talk about. So let's get into it. Well, I kind of think 
two, two main streams need to be active in our lives at, at any given time. And one just involves our personal connection with the Lord, maintaining that. And for many of us, we do uh, a daily quiet time where we're spending time in scripture and we're also spending time in prayer, but really we're spending time with Jesus. And one of the reasons why we make such a big deal about that is because it is a source of encouragement and a source of strength. And particularly as you begin to move out into the harvest, if that's not present, if that's not strong and healthy, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know how you how you maintain that that passion and that intensity for Christ. Because you're right, if if we're not being filled then we don't have anything to offer others. And uh, we all f- often make a big deal about Matthew 4.19 and Matthew 28.19. Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, come follow me. Matthew 28.19, he says, go and make disciples. And at a large level, we saw that that's what happened with the disciples. They had to begin following him so that they could learn and, and then be sent out. But on a much on, on a much more basic daily and weekly basis, there needs to be that drawing near coming to Jesus and then being sent out by him into the world. So I think that's one stream of encouragement that, that I think of in my own life, like how is that going? And then secondly are the relationships with like-minded believers. All of us need those as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Jesus sent out the disciples two by two. One of the reasons was because it's very easy to become isolated and discouraged if you're the only one that has this vision. So, yeah, I like that a lot, Andrew. Because um, I thought of David almost immediately when you said that. How um, when things were going really bad in Ziklag, crazy place there, you can read about it in First Samuel. <laughs> you're throwing out the good ones. I <laughs> know, uh, but he was he was down and out. He had nowhere else to turn, and uh, says that David found strength in the Lord his God. So that was step one. Uh, was finding strength in the Lord, his God. And uh, even just taking you guys behind the curtain a little bit behind the scenes, what's neat right now is that obviously we're doing a podcast, but Andrew's wife, Cindy, and my wife, Stephanie, are actually meeting together right now and encouraging one another in the Lord. And uh, same for me and Andrew before the podcast, we spent some time catching up and praying through some of the big things. And uh, yeah, I do agree that the relationships are are key and they're clutch because... um, God's method has always been people, so he's going to send people with like minds and like hearts to to strengthen and encourage us, you know. So going to him first, but then also uh, having those people that, you know, that really, you know, spur you on in the Lord that will keep you going. Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of goes back to our last podcast again because Andrew talked about how he prayed really hard for a battle buddy and God responded like really quickly and he was like oh i should have done that sooner (laughs) but i guess if you are in a position where you don't have someone um that can be that support to you then um you know that's really where we have to start is in prayer um i I feel like maybe because of our our lifestyle and being in the military and so moving quite a bit i feel like i've had to pray that prayer like an unusually lot of times mm-hmm. <laughs> like how many times am I gonna have to pray this prayer but um thankfully uh the Lord 
does now have technology, which he has given us as a kind <laughs> blessing. And so there yeah. are such things as FaceTime, which is really awesome. So I have people that I FaceTime with um, on the regular that are just like-minded sisters who are in the same season of life. And then mm-hmm. the Lord has really blessed me. Um, currently, I've got some really great ladies um, in the city that mm-hmm. I have both older women who um, are a little bit ahead of me which is really cool um, just being able to get their perspective and realize that I will probably survive this current season Mm. of my life. Like Mm -hmm. most likely unless Jesus comes back, which is also fine. (laughs) I'm also fine with that. Um, That I will in fact get through this. Those are just really great um, relationships to have. Um, And also just really speaking um, truth and wisdom into my life that I'm just totally blind to and whatever I'm going through. And they're just like, bam, wisdom. So I am so Mm -hmm. grateful for those people and those relationships. And I think sometimes when we are coming off of like the, is it Western? Is it a Western model of like going and sitting in church in a pew? Or is that just like all model? That's just, am I throwing the West under the bus? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, no. it goes way back. Yeah. So for sure. I mean, even the idea of, of mass, I'm not sure if they were sitting way back when, but they would definitely come together as a mass of mm-hmm. people to yeah. celebrate uh, the Eucharist. But I mean, even in we the, definitely have it in the West. Even in the synagogue, you know, they were sitting there and then someone was reading. So there was yeah. that, that whole taking in aspect. Mm-hmm. Right. And we are still taking it. I, th- I think one of the things that um, that we often do is listen to podcasts, listen to sermons online. So there's a lot of ways to be fed. Um, if you're kind of a, a person who likes to learn intellectually, then you can kind of miss a good sermon because you're like, man, I don't have mm-hmm. somebody who just studied all week to bring me some like some drops, some truth yeah. bombs on me about the word of God. Like that can really, you can miss that. And so I, but I think the once again, we live in a great age for this. Like we have so much at our disposal. Like there is no excuse. <laughs> I can yeah. say that, but anyway, <laughs> no excuse. But you know, <laughs> right. But I would say that that part of what we're talking about is, is the relational, the two way relational uh, component here, yes, because all of us need to be known, yeah, not just to to listen and be inspired, which is important. And you're right, we've got unprecedented access to mm. really quality teaching that's out there and inspiration. But mm-hmm. part of what we need as people who are moving into the harvest is we need those personal connections, and if those can be at the local level. Well, that's the ultimate. If you can actually go into the harvest with a team, yes, that is what you should do a hundred percent. But I do think what happens when you when you make this shift from from going to the traditional model of church and just being part of a well established group to to moving into the harvest, it it can be a lonely place if you don't if you don't pray and if you don't take the time to cultivate and really value those those relationships. Well, let me ask this question. Do, should a person move into the harvest if they don't have a teammate? Just throwing mm. it out there. Okay, so they're literally all alone. 
wherever they are. They're all alone. Oh man. They're yeah. listening to this podcast. They're getting motivated. <laughs> yeah. And um, they've been thinking about this yeah. for a while. Actually, this is actually this is a, good a pretty question. common thing. Okay. Yeah. People they they hold back because they'll be all alone. If they if yeah. they take this step, they don't know of anyone else that would go with well, them. Well, I feel or, like you or, can drag someone. I mean, I like just truly <laughs> believe you can. I mean, just like yeah. trick them. I don't know. Like say, hey, like you find the person you think would be a good partner <laughs> and then you say, let's go for coffee. And then instead of going for coffee, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, but it might work. I don't know. I'm just coming up I'm with sure stuff might. on the spot. No, I. that's a really good question, Andrew. I think that maybe we start by praying that the Lord would give us a partner um, yeah. because I think biblically speaking, it truly does say, you know, he sent them out in pairs. So mm. uh, I think if we are staying by a biblical model, then we should for sure have somebody with us. Um, if you just yeah. really feel like you're all alone and you have been praying so hard for a partner for how long? I don't even know. Mm. what. How long are right. we going to give them? <laughs> yeah, no, right. Well, I, I was just thinking about the the passage in James that says you do not have because you do not ask. And that's, yeah, we keep yeah. going back to point number two, which is the foundation uh, of prayer. We can't go to it And this is enough. one of the reasons, it's one of the reasons why I think moving into the harvest is such a healthy thing because it, it will drive you to pray. It yeah. will drive you to ask God because right, right. it's not prepackaged and ready, ready made for you. You really have to ask God for for these relationships, whether they're teammates or people that you're reaching out to. So I might have to be the contrarian on this one. I'm not going to lie. Oh, let's uh, hear it. Yeah. Going, <laughs> going back to that story of Philip, like it sounds like <gasps> he was on an island, you know, seems like he's <sighs> uh, very much by himself. And one of our mottos. He had the Holy at, uh, Spirit. The That's totally another person. <laughs> he did. And exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I think that'll motivate you to really okay. ask God. Like, yeah, like, man, like. You won't know what you need until you really need it, like until you're on that last hour. Like, I actually think of the guy you uh, were talking about last podcast, John Snyder, mm -hmm. and uh, how he was, you know, at his last tipping point for God to bring a partner into his life. But man, those prayers were a lot more desperate at that point versus what they would have been if he had someone the whole time, you know? So yeah. I'm definitely not saying that uh, don't go out with somebody and don't have a partner and don't pray for a partner, but like, uh, don't wait, like step out in faith. And if the resources truly are in the harvest and God's going to bring faithful people into your life now, I'm not sure how long you're going to be by yourself and uh, having to trust God, but uh, I do think that your prayers will be a lot more intentional as you, yeah. you go out. You know, and I, that I would maybe with that um, particular story that you just keep harping on, oh my goodness, let it go. <laughs> oh no, I'm just kidding. Um, right. <laughs> But I think it's a great one. That's really good because immediately mm -hmm. the Ethiopian eunuch was saved. Like the Holy Spirit knew right. exactly where he was headed. So mm -hmm. if you don't have a partner and you've been praying hardcore for a partner and God is like, um, go talk to that person over there, then maybe you should go talk to them. They may be your partner. You need to go exactly, talk to them right, right now. There like there's no, yeah. I mean, Andrew would not have, you know, been able to meet John if he hadn't been actively already doing ministry. Mm -hmm. So get out there, right. find your partner, <laughs> exactly. you know, convert this is part, them if needed. <laughs> this is part of point one. And we'll have to recap these at the <laughs> oh end. Point one is to to burn the ships. Yeah. And part of burning the ships is being alone. Being all in. Being you know, alone. Being, being committed 
and then trusting that God is going to provide for you. But I, I do want to say, too, that one of the reasons why we do this podcast, one of the reasons why we're on social media is because we do want to encourage people who are in the harvest. Mm-hmm. So um, if you feel like if you're listening to this today and you feel like you're one of those people that is just on your own and either you're already in the harvest or you've been thinking about this, um, I'd actually love to hear from you. You can you yeah. can email us. Uh, you can send an email to andrew at intotheharvest.org or you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a direct message. But um, but yeah, we would want to hear from you so that we can hopefully encourage you. Wow, I just realized that Andrew's the only one that has an email address with Into the Harvest, <laughs> but that's cool. Whatever, yeah. don't, just email him. You've got one. <laughs> you've got one, right? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not checking it if I do. I so think I'm sorry. you might. <laughs> um, I think you might. I think I think it's just connected. Like the Andrew one also goes to me. So FYI, gotcha. I will also be go. getting it. Right. Don't just email Andrew. My eyes will also yeah. be reading that that business. So. <laughs> and it works too because Lisa emailed you guys, and it the the, the message got back to me. So oh, she so, uh, she had my you know, personal message, she had so. my personal email. So oh, she's on okay, the inside gotcha, scoop. Gotcha. I'm not giving that out on gotcha. the podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. Where are we? Oh, yes. I did want to, one more thing before we continue on from this, um, is, uh, we also put in healthy marriages on this aspect and mm-hmm. your marriage partner is a hundred percent like the best ministry partner you're, you're ever going to have. So that's really awesome. It's just like mm-hmm. built right in. Um, but it can be hard if it's just the two of you. And so I think that might need its own little caveat. So yes, you already have your ministry partner, but you will probably need some solid maintenance, um, (laughs) maintenance built in required. So just like you, Keith, just talking about how, you know, Stephanie is meeting with Cindy right now and you're meeting with Andrew, Uh like you are, you both have people that are, you know, discipling you and helping you Mm -hmm. personally. And that probably is helping your marriage, I'm assuming. So Yeah, it is. And another practice that Cindy and I have started um, this this past year is every quarter we try to at least get one overnight away because the the point here is this this fourth point about getting started in the harvest is it's actually in a question form. It's it's how will you stay healthy in your personal walk with Jesus Mm -hmm. and in your marriage? And so there's a there's a lot of ways that you can brainstorm to stay healthy in those two areas. But for us, one of the things that we've decided to do this this past year is try to set aside every three months at least an overnight getaway where it's just the two of us where we can process and and decompress. Um, That's which is not crazy. something we've done. <laughs> it's not something we've done in the past, and so. I, I will say one that feels it's exotic. Not, I don't even know what you're talking about. It, <laughs> it does. It, it does to us too. And that's what I'm saying is this was something yeah. that we felt like we needed yeah. because mm-hmm. we were, we have found ourselves oftentimes in giving mode. Yeah. We're giving, we're giving, True. we're giving. Yeah. And because our home is a center point for what we're doing in terms of outreach, <laughs> sometimes yeah. we have to like, we have to physically leave yeah. to to actually get concentrated time on just the two of us. And we've got kids at, at home too. 
Yeah. So even when other people outside of our family aren't at our house. Our kids are. Uh, so, those uh, children yeah. always staying in their <laughs> house. Mine are it's always, always here. I'm just letting everybody know. <laughs> yeah. So I agree. Yes. That's great. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. on in my season of life, it's definitely saying that we'll have a date every week. Like mm-hmm. we've just really like every week. And then that means we get one at least once a month. So you got to like right. set yeah, exactly. it really right. high. The like through <laughs> oh, yeah. like yeah. every week it's happening and then you will mm-hmm. get one at least. And sometimes twice, like sometimes it's pretty awesome and we get two dates. Okay. So, But you know, the I think the overriding point here, whether it's this number four, how you stay healthy in your walk with Jesus and in your marriage or some of the others is that you, you need to take intentional thought. Mm-hmm into these five areas. And that's actually why we have broken them down into these five steps or these five points is Mm. all of them are going to require a purposeful uh, thought and action on your part. Yeah, They won't just happen. And if they don't happen, it's going to be hard to get started and continue going in the harvest. So this is another one that you just need to be thinking about. Yeah. And I think it could look very different from what we even laid out for you. I mean, if you need to Mm -hmm. go have like your time on the mountaintop type of thing, like once a month. Like if that's what you need to Mm -hmm. recharge and be healthy, then that Mm -hmm. also is a good option. I definitely know people that do that. So I do think it's just a question and we've given you maybe our, um, (laughs) the things that have been the answer for us. But if we didn't cover yours and you're just like yelling at us right now, like, well, you forgot such and such. No, we, it, that's just your personal one. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> and we're glad you thought of it. We're glad you thought of it, and we hope you're doing it. Okay, so our final kind of point that we have come up with that we think will help you get started in the harvest is establishing a weekly rhythm. So what would this look mm. like? Mm. Well, this one... Uh, we did a podcast earlier this season um, with Sean Lovejoy and he talked about how as humans we're designed to live life in rhythm. We're not designed to live life in balance and there's actually a a difference there. And so Jesus um, created the earth. He created seasons. He created sunrise and sunset and all of that creates um, a rhythm Hmm. that that helps us operate as we go through life. And so the idea here is that we, we tend to operate within a weekly rhythm anyways. If you've been accustomed to traditional church, then you know Sunday morning serves as a, a rally point, so to speak, for your, your spiritual week and that, that rhythm that you already have. If you're going to move into the harvest, it's important to think through Monday through Sunday, what are going to be those those key moments or events that happen during the week? And how do you create space so that you can you can sustain life, that you're not just going helter skelter mm-hmm. and responding to everything, or you're not being inactive you're not just drifting Mm -hmm. but you have a very purposeful approach to to the week that's that's what it means to me but i'd love to hear your guys's thoughts man this is uh an area where i'm not 
especially good. And so I'll, I'll probably get more encouragement from you guys and uh, insight to how you do it. But no, I, I agree that naturally we all have rhythm. So as much as I like to pretend I don't or I'm not, I do know the days when we have stuff going on and there's, <laughs> hey, I have a window where I'm not, you know, working or I'm not uh, having a ministry event going on. Like, why not take advantage of this time and connect with one of the young guys in our ministry who I know is available and needs uh, this this quality time right now to to keep going and take the next step. So <laughs> uh, you kind of you kind of find those as you go, you know, like and it, they're subject to change like I I, uh, I know from my J friends, Abigail, <laughs> I know that it's uh, breaking the rhythm and <laughs> being flexible. It's, uh, it's a part of life. Like you have to be like Jesus. Uh, was it Jarvis daughter, daughter when he was headed to go heal her? And like they were, they were crunched for time. Like I just read that this morning. Yeah. He had no, you know, yeah. it's like, man, he's got to get there. And then boom, and then there's, a, <laughs> there's an interruption. There's an interruption. How does he deal with that? <laughs> how does he deal with that? He addresses it. And, um, uh, Obviously, he knows his capacity, so he knows when he can get to Jarvis's daughter. But the the lady who had suffered that, oh, you actually got a picture of it yep. in your house too, man. It's pretty cool. So she had the breakthrough and, and reached Jesus at that point in time. But anyways, he stayed on schedule, but <laughs> he addressed, he navigated through those challenges as they came up. So I think uh, learning from him and having a, having a rhythm, but also being willing to to give something my immediate ten- attention when it needs it. Yeah. So do yeah. you think that that is important to you, Keith? I mean, um, Andrew made this list, spoiler. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. he's also kind of type A-ish. And I was like, this is the best <laughs> list ever. And also I love that yeah. it's a list. But you, uh-huh. thankfully, I'm so glad you're part of our team. Please tell us, is this really key? <laughs> like, do you think that this is something that will help people get started to have this we- weekly rhythm? Yeah, I think so. I don't think we can operate without of it. Out of out of oh, I can't pronounce that right now. Excuse me, guys, but um, I do think it's important because even me, when I had, I was going through a big transition. I was just starting part time ministry, which actually looked like full time ministry because I didn't have. There's no such thing. Was like yeah. a tent making job, exactly. <laughs> but it's always full time. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, those those first two months were extremely difficult because I didn't have a rhythm per se. I didn't have my battle rhythm down and even for a guy who likes to be flexible and uh it was painful it was tough you know I was so excited to get back into rhythm where I knew like hey I'm doing this now tomorrow I got this Mm -hmm. Uh, this morning I'll do this and uh it helped to to get organized and to know yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the schedule for the week. So yeah, I think it's Okay, important. good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, <laughs> I feel like it is. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I wanna like hear what other people have to say. It's good. But mm-hmm. I think it probably helps us to not get burnt out as well. Like we mm. know that there's kind of a Sabbath day coming, hopefully. Let's hope you have one. Um, that there's mm-hmm. ministry coming and so being intentional in whatever ministry mm-hmm. opportunities you have. Um, it just helps us maybe stay more in in what we should be doing and not just like mm-hmm. zoned out and just going through the motions. So I definitely think it's very important to have at least an intentional idea of what the week should look like. And then, right. like you said, Keith, if, as it will probably change, um, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But at least we went right. into it with an idea mm-hmm. and intentionality to it. So I think that's really good. And I've actually got some friends that are at the very beginning of um, 
going into the harvest and they're probably listening to this. So I'll give a shout out to Nick and Emily. Hey, and the <laughs> <laughs> But this is a, so we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast is when you're at square one yeah. and you've burned the ship. So you're not going out to a Sunday service. It's still important to establish a weekly rhythm. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a time of gathering and nobody shows up, but your family it's still important to begin to establish that rhythm for your own sake. And also as the Lord does begin to bring people into your life, you, the rhythm is already there. You have something to invite them to, you know, when your availability is throughout the week. It doesn't have to be a traditional Sunday service type thing. Maybe you know that Friday evenings are uh, a time where, you're available to to get with another couple that you've blocked that out. So just thinking through your week as it currently exists and trying to establish a, a rhythm is something that will really help you get started in the harvest. Because again, you're not going to have an outside schedule that you can base this off of. You're going to have to think through your own mm-hmm. needs and your family and then come up with one and then try to be faithful I was thinking about this one because we're running so much. Uh, we're running a lot these <laughs> oh, days. You weirdos. And, and I thought about how important it is. Two things that are essential are our pace and consistency. Mm. And they're actually connected. So we watched the movie McFarland. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's like a cross country. No idea. <laughs> it's a great, great. Uh, Disney put it out year, oh, a few years ago. Does a kid have long hair, blonde hair? It's uh, Kevin Costner, and it's actually about what? McFarland, California. Huh. What? Great movie. Okay. It's about this this um, this town, which is made up mostly of migrant families, hmm. and it's a very poor um, school, and they start a cross-country team. And these, these kids, because they've been raised mm. working in fields, they're really good at running is uh, sort of the bottom line. But there's a scene towards the end where they're at state finals and the way cross country works is your your combined score is based on all your runners. And so it's not just a matter of having one star runner, but the whole team is important. And so there's one kid who just takes off really fast because he's so pumped. And, um, of course he ends up crashing halfway through the race because he just, his pace was not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's a hero, but I won't run the movie, <laughs> but <laughs> it's really true. Like if you're later. running distances, <laughs> if you're running distances, you have to take into consideration your pace Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's not just a matter of diving in full speed, but you do want to think about what pace can I run and actually finish mm-hmm. this race. Yeah. And that's really what life in the harvest is about mm-hmm. is starting well and True. finishing well. Yeah. yeah. But then consistency is there too. So for Lakeith and I, as we've been doing these runs, you do have to run. So every week you do need to be engaged, but you, you need to engage at a level that you can sustain. And, mm-hmm. and you're constantly trying to, to maximize those two. Yeah. So, I think that's part of what comes to my mind in establishing a weekly rhythm is you want to be active, but it needs to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh, that was a lot of running talk. Um, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I went way down the, the movie rabbit hole there. Sorry. Hey, I'm, I'm curious. Good news. Good. I know. I'm curious. But I'm talking again, so you, it's safe to come back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I so agree with this. And I think if you are just, just starting out, make sure you have two things in your weekly schedule. One, have a Sabbath. So you have a day that you are resting and that you keep yeah. that protected. Um, sometimes, and once again, like those two types of people, like the extroverts, they're going to like have a struggle with their Sabbath. Like they're always, there's, if someone asked to meet on that day, they're going to be like, oh, that's worth <laughs> it. I'm totally going to miss my Sabbath, <laughs> but don't, don't do it. True. Um, and then also set aside the time when you, even if you have zero people to meet with, set aside the time that you would like to have church together with people. Mm. Um, and I mentioned my good friend, Kelly, um, she and her husband, George, um, remember the story about them weeding their, their front yard. It's because they had set aside time to meet with people. Their whole family had cleared mm. their schedule. Um, and by the way, their schedule is like really maxed out. So that was a huge thing. And they set it aside. And then when no one showed, they weeded their front yard. <laughs> so, um, but I love that because it showed that they were being very um, disciplined with setting that week. Like mm. they weren't going to just give up just because no one showed up. Mm. Didn't mean they were like, okay, well, we'll, we'll feel, we'll fill this time with, you know, something else. Um, instead they kind of did like a random thing that they, you know, are going to just be doing all the time. So, um, I, so those two days, those are really important. Um, and then how, you know, how else you kind of know your own personal weekly rhythm goes. Um, but I think if you just start out with those two days, that'll be a good start. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, should we recap our list? Because this is the, the end of the second <laughs> let's episode. Re, so let's what are recap, the, everybody. Let's do it. <laughs> what are the five things that people need to know and do if they're going to move into the harvest? All right. So first they should burn their ships, which means fully commit to yep. going out into the harvest. Um, you have been called. I promise you. And so just go and do it. Just get out there. Do commit. It. Um, and then the second one is probably, we have talked about it so much. You could not possibly have forgotten, but it's to pray, <laughs> pray, pray. Right. Okay. And then the third one, and the one we talked about first today was to define your fishing spots to really define the people you're going to reach in the harvest and then pray for them <laughs> and then um find your watering hole find the ways that you're going to stay healthy kind of make a plan for staying healthy mm -hmm. and then establishing a weekly rhythm so establishing those days that you're going to do certain things and kind of be intentional about your week and how you spend it so that's it that's what we came up with if you feel like we really mm -hmm. left something really important out that we should have talked about please let us know at andrew's email address i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> actually this is really true i would love to hear from people <clears throat> that want to move out into the harvest we know that all of our listeners are not necessarily in that that place but many of you you really do want to move beyond the walls of the church and to be the church in the everyday places so uh, yeah, we would love to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts on these five things? Which ones are the most difficult for mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. If you have questions that we didn't touch on, um, we're not experts, but we are participants. We're actually <laughs> trying to, to, do this, to do this in our own life. So chances mm -hmm. are, 
the questions that you come up with are things that we've wrestled with and uh, we'd love to engage with you guys and hopefully be an encouragement to you. For sure. And hey, don't forget to review this podcast um, on Apple uh, Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because we love those. And um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. And thanks, guys. This was a fun chat and we hope you um, survive your marathon and <laughs> live to tell the tale. We can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be another podcast. No, this this could have been it. No, no, no. You guys are going to be awesome. All right. Talk to you later. All right, Abigail. See ya. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible. 